Welcome to Comedy Classroom, the podcast made for, by, and about students of comedy. Today I have a very, very special guest. Uh, I have done so many things with this person. We've made music, we've done improv, we've hosted improv, we've done plays. Uh, do is there anything else that I, that I should add to that list um, that, I'm, that I'm leaving out? We've uh, we've done some things on uh, some games. Right, together. we've we've done we've done some YouTube things, um, which has also been fun. This is the the wonderful Emmett Hanley, um, who is a he's an improviser, musician, playwright. I guess. And no. an actor. An actor yes. extraordinaire. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how... I mean, I, I asked you before we started recording, but how have you been? I'm good. I'm very tired, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a tired podcast. Yeah, we're people... both very sleepy boys. <laughs> the sleepiest of boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, you just finished a run of a show. Yes, I did. Um, it was called, for those of you who don't know, it was called Alleyway Wolves. It was the first production of Tall Tales Theater, is what it's called. I feel I feel bad if I got the name wrong. No, it's Tall Tales. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, almost everyone that I that was involved in this play I knew, except for like. Except for Travis. Yeah, and he ended up being a really chill dude. I yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I was he did he did his role well. Yeah. Um, and that was part of the first official Siloam Theater Festival. Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce that word. It, I just Siloam Siloam. I just. <laughs> that's a different thing, but I feel like that should also be a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it should. The Shalom. Theater welcome Festival. to the, welcome to the Shalom Theater Festival. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, um, I should have written down all of the things that I wanted to talk about, but I think I'll try and remember them as they come. Uh, so you, you have a knack for playing villains. <laughs> Yes, yeah, or not villains. necessarily always villains, but like m- at least morally dubious yeah. characters. It's because I'm morally dubious in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Um, certain some some particular times come to mind, such as uh, being Angelo in Comedy of Errors, which you really kind of made that character your own. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, who is your 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 24th yeah the for the 24-hour theater two years consecutively i was i I was villains yeah and um the first year i was um the crippled man aka dave dithers yeah it was basically a pirate who was a lot more pathetic than anything else yeah and then um the following year for um the play was called how to pay for mime school for 24-hour theater I played Tiberius Smoke, yes. who was uh, like this uh, Jack the Ripper style kind of villain, um, who ended up being an um, an actor who had just deluded himself into becoming, uh, like you know, his role was to be uh, 
this the ultimate method actor yeah, really the ultimate method actor his role was to be the psycho victorian gothic murderer and he got so obsessed with his role that he actually decided to become a gothic murderer by the end of the play <laughs> it's just like i'm already here might as well yeah. commit <laughs> i have gone deeper into this role than anyone ever has or ever will <laughs> that's the that's the edgy interpretation of hamlet come yeah. alive honestly uh it, it is <laughs> Dang, now that play is making me think that it was smarter than it was. <laughs> well, let's not read too much into something that was written... Written overnight. <laughs> written over my, by, overnight by two very sleepy people. And drunk people. Yes, yes. We're not going to mention that. We're not going no, to mention that, but, no, no. but we're not going to mention that they were indeed drunk. <laughs> yeah, well, not going to say anything about that. No, of course not. Um... Dave Dithers wasn't... I, I mean, I feel like he falls more yeah. on the side of morally dubious. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was a pirate, so, like, you know, there's still all the pirating things that yeah. he presumably did off screen. Yeah. Um, but, like, within the play itself, he's just more of a bumbling idiot. He's like, he like a more insecure Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. More insecure and more incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then... Angelo, how I feel like you've told me this story before, but if you don't know the character Angelo, the the goldsmith from the, the comedy, comedy of errors, uh, if you read the play, there's not really a whole lot there to garner. No, so, about his character. Yeah, um, basically, all in in the script, all Angelo does is he comes on and he's like. Um, Antiphilus, I'll go get you your gold chain that you ordered for your wife. But then, of course, I bring it to Antiphilus's twin, who has just yeah. come to town, and uh, the other Antiphilus. Uh, and it just be, and then I, so I try to get, I give it to the wrong one, and then I see the right one again, and the right one's like, "Hey, where's my chain?" And I'm like, "I gave you your, your chain. Give me the money." And so then uh, I try to get him arrested because he um, isn't paying me for the thing that I thought I gave him. So. In the script itself, Angelo could be just played as just some regular guy who gets uh, roped up in this uh, ridiculous scenario that... He could have been played like a really nice guy. Yeah, he could have just (laughs) been some random dude. But, um, of course, I ended up being cast in this role. And um, it's like, okay, there's there's not too much that I can go on from the script, but um, for those of you who might not know this um, concept that we were doing for this play was to set this uh, you know Shakespearean comedy in the disco 70s so Angelo kind of became sort of this lounge lizard who uh, (laughs) um, I have not I have not heard that phrase to describe him used to describe him until now but that really is perfect yeah yeah exactly so like he's the kind of guy who wears aviator sunglasses indoors yeah and uh hair slicked back high-waisted brown <laughs> pants these shining white leather it was, suede shoes sort of thing and it no, was, they were vinyl the shoes were vinyl it was um, easily my fate my favorite costume other than <laughs> other than my own yeah because it was so disgusting yeah um i looked absolutely ridiculous and it was amazing yeah um, I, I loved your costume for the exact opposite reason that i loved Dijian's costume 
Because the GN just had this very, like, cool, like, d like, kind of brownish, greenish suit that had this these nice, like, kind of burgundy things going on there. And it was very, very nice and classy, even though he was all run down. Yeah. And then there's freaking Angelo. Who's like, you know, I've also got all this bling on. I've got gold um, chains. Didn't you have, like, I've an got, all... Yeah, rings on nearly everything. Oh, yeah. And I seem to remember you had like like an almost see-through shirt. <laughs> well, no, it was just that um, like it was sort of like uh, it, it had a zipper that oh. was sort of like if you it was all done up, it would look like a polo. But when it right. was down, it went like you know halfway down my chest, so you could just see all the right. chest hair. Yeah, yeah. So uh, which of course you had zipped down. Yeah, yeah, all the way down, <laughs> of course, because this is the seventies. Um, yeah, and you know you gotta have that. If you have chest hair, people need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, essentially, Carrie's uh, idea for this play was that there were kind of almost two worlds in the city that it took place in. There was like, you know, sort of like the, um, you know, the things where everything went down, you know, in an orderly, more or less respectable fashion, like the higher yeah. class. Yeah. And then there was just the seedy underbelly yes. of, uh, of the city. And Angelo was one of the people who was a part of that seedy yeah. underbelly of the city. And that's what I decided to run with was like, okay, there's this underworld and I want to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm going I'm to start a band called the CD Underbellies. Oh, yeah. The CD Underbellies. That sounds kind of gross, actually. Um, It'll be like trash punk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a cross between Stomp and, like, just really... Just total, total Like Beastie punk. Boys. Yeah. Just crusty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, so, yeah, I thought, like, you know, Angelo's probably the sort of guy who... Uh, has like a pawn shop and um, yeah uh, he's the goldsmith so evidently he deals in um, kind of the sort of jewelry that doesn't come from anywhere respectable it's yeah. most likely the sort of thing that comes from you know somebody brings it into his shop and he buys it um, so like that gold chain that I was uh, um, giving Antipholus definitely you know probably came from somebody else's house <laughs> oof um, but yeah, so a that's sort of just the way that Angelo sort of got, um, became who he was and the physicality just sort of followed where I was just always kind of leaning back, had one hand have like tucked the into the belt <laughs> just so I could like, show off all the Have rings. like kind of like, kind of like a, a single T-Rex arm. Yeah. And like, you know, I was thinking like disco and like, you know, some guy who just thinks he's so cool and really isn't. Yeah, and so just that that kind of just like formed into this like kind of like you know swaggery sort of uh, like just like slimy walk that I would just yeah. use to. Sneeze it was around. it was very yeah. slimy. Yeah, and uh, people evidently loved it. So oh, they yeah, very much I, did. I did something right. <laughs> the part, the part where where. Aegean like comes out like right at the end of the intermission and is, is like, hey, can anyone, oh, yeah. can anyone bail me out? And I always have to like kind of stifle my laughter whenever I get to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because like you know, all I did was laugh. I was just like. <laughs> everyone else is. Everyone else is just like kind of passive aggressively mean spirited. Yeah. Whereas you were just like, I don't like you, and I don't have a problem with showing it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that was even in, in the very first scene of the yeah. play. Um, like, you know, is when you get arrested and I'm like, all right, I'm so ready to see an execution today. And then, <laughs> and then the Duke is like, no, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a chance to find anybody in the town who uh, will, um, you know, yeah. give you some kind of uh, bail. And, yeah, I'm just like, what the heck are you doing? Oh, no. Used a hand gesture that knocked a bunch of things over. Oh, um, my God. You knocked over my Dungeons and Dragons figurines. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. That would be that would be a funny character if it were not actually true. Yeah. Uh. Rip. Oh well. Um, we'll fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was just a ton of fun, and uh, I love playing that character. Yeah. So much. Just did get to like, be on stage and goof off. Did you find time. did you find yourself like kind of using some of that for um, for Stanley in Alleyway? Yeah. So for the Alleyway of Wolves, um, it's it, it's kind of funny because yeah, it felt like um, Stanley was a bit of a spiritual successor to Angelo, hmm. except Stanley was more openly evil. Yeah. Whereas Angelo, again, he's more morally dubious than evil. Yeah. Stanley is a fairly he's evil straight, person. He's straight up just a bad dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm still pathetic and I'm still slimy. Yeah. But Stanley's more willing to, like, you know... Stanley puts on this kind of, like, more dignified front. Yeah, yeah. So, essentially, who Stanley was in the Alloway Wolves... Um, Stanley is a con man who... Uh, Basically, he started courting the apothecary, Belladonna, in hopes of moving through her to some of her more wealthy clientele. That's literally a line from the play that I just said. Jeez. <laughs> um, wow. Motivations. Like, the best way to describe him is using things that he actually says about himself. Um, Great. But, like, essentially, um, he's this guy who... Uh, um, doesn't really see people as being anything more than tools for him to move himself through right. society. Just, just like, yeah. just like all the way to the end of the Slytherin spectrum. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so like, um, Stanley, in, in my mind, um, Stanley started as kind of like the lowest of the low. He was, you know, likely an orphan who was, uh, um, had no nothing at all to call his own yeah and but you know he he was somewhat clever and was able to uh um sort of move his way slowly throughout his life to the top of like you know a, again a criminal underworld and for so long both yeah. resented and envied yeah um, the people is, who were high class and wanted to be that so which bad. is interesting because you all like in the same play you also have Brennan Wolf, yeah, who also is an orphan mm -hmm. and is starting and has n nothing really to call his own, yeah, and is just kind of like making a living off stealing things and ripping people off, yeah, but exactly. He's a much less evil person, yeah, he does what he does because he feels like he has to and that he yeah. feels like he doesn't fit into the mold of society, whereas Wolf isn't trying to fit into the mold of society. Stanley is, but right. he's doing it in the wrong way. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, yeah, Stanley ultimately cared for no one other than himself. Yeah. And um, basically all Stanley wanted was um, 
just money and yeah. uh that's basically <laughs> all that Stanley really really cared about was yeah. being able to get money for himself to move into a higher class. Yeah. One thing I was trying to figure out while I was watching the play was what exactly is Stanley's relationship to Belladonna. <laughs> so because there were some there were some really entertaining scenes um <laughs> where like the back and forth like it's I felt like I was watching I don't know if that's a Katy Perry song where it's like the the hot and the cold yeah <laughs> yeah so essentially um okay S- sorry if this sounds strange but um Belladonna and Stanley were um so essentially Stanley started courting Belladonna um because she, you know, had this list of wealthy clients that were all, um, uh, basically, uh, she had really rich. Yeah. She had wealthy connections. Mm -hmm. They were all really rich old people that she would be delivering her, um, her products to. So I then used that to, you know, try and scam these people. However, um, in courting Belladonna, I sort of got way in over my head because Bella's just this crazy person who um, right. is a very, very sexual being in this world. <laughs> she so is. Yeah, whereas Stanley, um, I like to think Stanley's more or less money sexual, whereas all Stanley yeah. wants is money, whereas Bella was very, very much trying to get Stanley into the bedroom for the entire time. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Uliana really kind of leans into that. Yeah, and <laughs> Stanley had, like, found that entirely exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, um, but it's, like, you know, um, now that he'd uh, gotten wrapped up in this con with Rose's grandmother um, to, you know, steal her orchard, and that's how Wolf gets uh, brought in and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because he got wrapped up in this con, he kind of can't get away from Belladonna until it's over. So Stanley's more or less putting up with her as well as, you know, trying to keep her satisfied. Um, right. But Stanley really doesn't want to. <laughs> it's, so it's like, this is exhausting, but I have to keep this up. Um, whereas Bella's just like, oh, yeah, Stanley's the man, who, the man of her dreams who's going <laughs> to, uh, you know, make her rich and get her out of uh, her dumb job as an apothecary. And, yeah. And yeah, basically I, that. I, this was th- I when I watched this play was when I found out what the heck an apothecary is. <laughs> yeah. I when I was even when I was auditioning, I was like, I don't know. Does that mean she's like part, she's like part of a nunnery? <laughs> I don't. I, no, no. It's like they, they they make like potions and stuff. So like it's kind of like it's like a kind of like an alchemist. Yeah, sort of. It's like an alchemist, but a little less like um, a little less like mythical and crazy <laughs> right okay yeah so like they're not trying to make gold they just make like potions and that sort of thing and you know sort of like a shaman no nice. that's shaman but way less spiritual i don't know what i'm talking about um but yeah so that's basically what belladonna did okay and um yeah um She's like a she's like a lawful evil healer. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, put it in a language that we can understand. Yeah, um, but yeah, that, that's the thing about Stanley though is that um, he thinks that he's 
the smartest person, like, you know, that he's ever met. Yeah. And so, um, Stanley, um, kind of has this viewpoint of the world where, um, you know, it's, it's a dog eat dog sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, Stanley wants to be that top dog so much and he already thinks he's that top dog. Um, and a lot of the comedy in that play comes from when Stanley is brought lower than other people. Right. So it's a yeah. huge, like, you know, a lot of it is, uh, in, especially in the scenes that I was in, it's the power dynamics that yeah. really it's feeds kind of into the The things. status changes. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, there was the scene where I was with uh, Wolf, where, um, you know, he kind of found out about... Um, he uh, finds out that you were looking for the letter. He finds out that I was looking for the letter from Rose's grandma that said that, you know, uh, she was going to be selling the orchard and I wanted the money. Um, and um, at the end of the scene, he's like, oh, um, if you're such a professional con man, you shouldn't uh, tell other people about uh, about your, uh, you shouldn't spill your entire con. And that's yeah. kind of just how... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's hilarious. It is. That whole experience. It was a very, yeah. it's a very fun, fun scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have hosted and tried to teach improv. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, which I think, I don't know. I like to think that I was okay at the teaching because... At some point, I would like to be a teacher, so I want to feel like I'm good at it in some way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's such a weird thing to teach. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't actually around for the semester where most of the teaching happened. Yeah, and, uh, that's also true. <laughs> so uh, I'm also, like, you know, going to be relying very heavily on, uh, for next year, um, when I'm coordinating, I'm going to be relying very heavily on Karina to do most of the teaching. Whereas, I mean, like, she yeah, is guys, she is an education, she's an education major. major, so I hope that she knows more about. That she'll than. have she'll have a much more organized curriculum than yeah. I ever did. So, uh, which will be, I still need to really talk to her and uh, really set up everything for next year. But yeah, um, I have. I mean, I have my own experience because I was. I was coordinating for the entire year mm-hmm. um, and, you know, had to deal with things like getting a new coordinator yeah, and, and you know, stuff like that. Um, how did you, how did you find kind of hopping into it halfway through the year? Um, it was both kind of nerve wracking, but also kind of uh, chill at the same time yeah. because I knew I wouldn't have to be doing teaching. Right. Um, that was the part that probably stressed me out the most was mm. the idea of just having to uh, teach something that I just do. Yeah. Because for me, it's like you know, I, I I went through all of the basics like you know every every year, but for me, it's just when I'm doing improv, it's like you know I've learned the things that I do and the things that I don't do and the things that work well for me personally, and then I just get up there and do it. Yeah, it's more of a like it's just kind of like muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. Um, and kind of like going by feel and like, you know, reading the scene and just seeing what I can do with that. Yeah. Um, especially since, cause you know, with every kind of 
skill that one can have. There's there are the people that are more just kind of it's just a muscle that they flex and it just and they just naturally do it. Yeah. Regardless of how it of kind of the quote unquote necessary elements that good improv might have. Yeah. They just kind of go and try things. Yeah. And then there are the people that are much more technique minded where it's like, all right, in order to make sure that this is a successful scene, I got to make sure that I establish this and this and this. Yeah. And then we can go from there. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, obviously both are very, are legitimate ways of going about it. Um, but, you know, there are also like, dangers where if if you're only relying on instincts and and muscle memory uh then it there's kind of the risk of of like creating scenes where people are like i don't really know where we're going yeah with this yeah yeah so there's you know there's a balance you have to strike and i think you know having done improv for like you know a few years now that's like the more you do it, the more you learn to avoid awkward situations yes. and how to avoid any yeah. kind of awkward situation like that. Um, so it's it's kind of the thing I find about improv is it, at least in my experience, is that it's something I learned by doing right. and by doing more of. And the more I do it, the better um, I just the better I am at it. Right. Um, and so. That's where kind of like the idea of it being a difficult thing to teach sort of like comes in for me is that it's just like, okay, I just, this is just something that I do. Yeah. Um, so coming in, in that second semester was like, okay, this is the one where, um, this is the semester where it's where, what the people want to do yeah. and, um, the things that they want to work on. Cause yeah. like, you know, if they have a specific skill they want to work on, it's like, okay, I know this game is really good for that skill. Yeah. And so we can just do that game. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, just building those foundations is like, okay, this is going to be an interesting thing to learn. Yeah, to you kind of <laughs> have to, you kind of have to learn to like dissect things. Yeah. And be like, all right, so this is what happened. Which is, in, in remembering what happens. Yeah. In an improv scene is its own challenge. Yeah. I've realized, yeah. like, <laughs> like, I every time someone was like, I loved that that one scene that you did at in eleven oh seven, and I was like. And I'm like, always like, which one? And they're like, the one where you did this and this and this. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, that one. I think, oh, I, yeah. think I remember that. And like, it's, it's such a weird thing where you're so focused. And like, I don't know, it's a weird like kind of like kind of mm. soft focus, but yeah. very intense f- soft focus. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like in the scene. And then you're done the scene, and you're done with that story forever. Yeah, exactly. It's and then it's just like you know, move on to the next one, uh, and move on to the next one, and move on to the next one. Yeah. So. Especially in games such as like blind freeze tag, blind, whereas yeah. like you know you're building something up, and then all of a sudden, and they could just end it at any second, and then you're completely done with that forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's never coming back. Yeah, and obviously there are, like, there are very memorable scenes that you mm-hmm. kind of, like, log into your brain as, yeah, like, exactly. these were the good ones. And, like, certain shows that are, like, okay, I definitely remember the thing that I did, and I definitely remember it was from that show. But, yeah. like, overall, it's, like, okay. Yeah. 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 What would you say, like, what what's the first, like, memorable 
improv scene that you can think of? Um, the the most memorable um, improv that I remember myself doing, and I it's it's this this is kind of like my magnum opus of improv. It's right, like, you know, it's never Usually. getting better from there. Yeah, <laughs> was um, it was the uh, Valentine's Day show. Oh, this is the one I wasn't there for. 2017 Valentine's Day, the Bachelor. Yeah. That was the show. And um, essentially, what the way that it worked was we had to play the same character for an entire like half of the uh, of the night. Oh. And switch to a different character for the other half of the night. Because it oh. functioned as sort of like The Bachelor, where um, oh. you were. Uh, it was sort of like a challenge to see who would uh, end up winning The Bachelor or Bachelorette's heart. Right. And so... Um, like the first the half whole was the night, bachelor, the, the second half was the bachelorette. The, um, the whole half is is a game of bachelor. That's interesting. Yeah, and it honestly was so much fun. I loved that show so much, and I wish part of me is like, okay, maybe I can figure something that's, out for next year. And that so because I knew that you you had the character of like Donk May May. Yeah, and so that was the character that I was for the first one was. Um, because uh, Corbin was our bachelor, so we all, because it's Trinity, had to make sure that we were uh, perfectly gender-bent here. Right. Um, and uh, so um, I was Le Donc Meme, the uh, um, <laughs> European sort of, uh, uh, the dubiously European yeah. um, supermodel lady. Um, and this was, again, this was, uh, I think we had uh, uh, Jane Eyre rehearsal or something that day because my hair had to be curled for that show oh so my hair was all curly and um it was uh it was a time um and that was the most that 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 was just the most memorable uh thing i've ever done because people still every now and then like yeah. Or at least last year uh, at trinity people would come up to me and be like hey you're ladonk may may and uh the thing was, is that, like, also, like, during that show, um, people would get it at different times throughout the <laughs> night. So, like, every now oh, and then, no. like, you just, I'd just be, like, you know, doing a scene as this, like, goofy, ridiculous character that I was just coming up with on the spot. And um, some somebody in, like, the back row would be like, oh, dang me. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. And, uh, oh yeah no that was that was some that's amazing yeah. and uh, ever since then it's like okay there's just it's 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 never getting better from there that's that that's as good as it's ever gonna be and uh you never yeah you never know yeah um i didn't end up winning it um i, w- I came in second place oh. in the bachelor corbin ended up going with becca um because what was becca, becca's character becca's character ended up uh just through an audience suggestion halfway through playing that character through an audience suggestion she ended up becoming blind oh (laughs) so she was this uh you know really like kind of i i don't remember if she was like you know but she was like her her character was the sweet one who was like really nice and she was the blind girl oh and so um corbin almost picked me but um the audience was like no you have to go with the blind girl so they i don't remember if i got booed or anything but it was still hilarious um and like you know um yeah so becca ended up winning that one and uh but overall that was Everybody just absolutely loved Ladonk May May. Nice. And Would you say European model? That that is so interesting. Interesting because like, would you say that you've gotten more recognition for that than you have for actually coordinating 
I don't know. Because, like, I felt like, as a coordinator, it's kind of weird. Because um, I felt like I didn't really get more recognition for doing that, in a way. Right. Because, um, like, you know, I think people recognize me and know who I am. Because yeah. every now and then, some random person will come up to me at Trinity and be like, Hey, Emmett, how's it going? And then I'll be like, I have no idea yes. who on earth you are. Yes. Um, but they'll act like I should know who they are. Absolutely never seen them before in my life um so like but overall um more than any other thing that i've done like you know i've i I just get called ladonk maymay at random points throughout life yeah (laughs) i don't think it'll happen so much next year because there'll be like you know a lot of those people are gone it was a preview weekend show though so oh yeah so they might. I honestly don't know. But. You never know. They might. You, we might be getting some some freshmen. Yeah, I might be getting some freshmen who are like, "Hey, you're in a dunk maybe." Like, oh, yeah, like, there's that. I remember. Yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that was. Yeah, I would say that one was the most memorable. But that's so funny. I do because like, like, twenty. I guess 2017, 2018, 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. wait, that was this past year. That was last year, yeah. So, 2016, 2017, I feel like people, like, kind of yep, like, like, kind of were talking at me more than I was this year, because, like, this year I was less of a player and more of just the guy that runs things. Yeah, but at the same time, um, you're still a very, I think, you know, very recognizable. And I yeah. think people almost, in a way, it's almost more intimidating to talk to the coordinator than a player. Yeah. I wonder if I've almost gotten to the point where I'm just, like, one of those, like, faces that people just see. And yeah, they don't even, they don't even, like, need to say hi to me. They're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's Connor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. Everybody knows Basically. Connor, and then I'm like, not everybody knows me. <laughs> um, I was talking. Who was I talking to? It was. It was either talking because I went and saw Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I think you were talking with Shauna. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and she was saying she was like, I talked to this one friend. She was like, Did you ever? Did you ever go to 1107? And she was like, Never heard of it. Yeah, so I'm going like, to Trinity and not knowing what 1107 is is apparently something you can do, and that's on- kind of disheartening. <laughs> the only the only explanation that I could have is that she either lived off campus mm-hmm. or lived in Northwest. Yeah, and never went into R and T. Never went into R and T. Never had a class. A single poster <laughs> on the wall for anything. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you kind of you kind of end up start tuning those posters out. Yeah. Yeah, I need to think of some way to work around that this year. Right. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, if you really want to, you could bring back promo videos. <sighs> there are a lot of work. There are a lot of fun, and they're not always worth the effort. I don't know who on earth like edits videos in within. Um, well, when we were doing those, we used to have we we used uh, we had Trevor. Yeah. Doing them. Mm-hmm. Because I remember... Yeah, exactly. Trevor would... But, like... Um, okay, I think occasionally Joelle did. Yeah, Joelle did at, uh, for a few, quite a few of them. I know yeah. her and Shan both... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. up Yeah. ...that year. Yeah. But, like, honestly, I don't know who in 1107 would do that now. 
And it's, again, I don't know how much hype they even got because it's like, you know, you share them on Facebook, but, yeah, you know, you're then limited to your own audience of the people who actually look at your own Facebook I'm, things. I wonder if it could even be, if there could even be the potential for, like, just doing, like, kind of some sort of publicity stunt. Actually, I was sort of thinking of that, too, in, um... I'm, I'm going to be talking to Karina, and uh, we're going to be, um, I guess, throwing our ideas out there, making uh, making progress, and I guess stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one of the things I was thinking of doing was maybe before every show, um, flash mobbing or something. Yeah. Doing some improv in, like, you know, the cap and being like, yeah. yo, 1107 this Friday, you want more of this? But, <laughs> that was just a sample. Yeah. Although the only th- the only thing about that that kind of worries me is that um, a lot of the time sort of impromptu improv can be very like just like awkward and crazy. Yeah. So it's like you have to. You don't have to tell me, Mister Orientation Week. Yeah. We're standing outside a rhymer. <laughs> hey guys, yeah. come sit on the grass. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be doing some brainstorming, and because that's one thing I really want to push this year for 1107 is yeah. just marketing the heck out of mm. it and getting people uh, to come to the to come to see to come to see 1107 and making it you know um, the thing to do on yeah. Friday nights. Well, that's also what I was saying is like I have such a problem, I have such a struggle with marketing things because I have the voice in my head that's like yeah. that's like you don't want to make this too big of a thing you don't like why would you bring that much attention to yourself don't take yeah. yourself so seriously that's that's the other thing is that it's like you know then i'm putting myself out there yeah and like you know that's that's always a risk but at the same time i'm also an actor and it's literally my job to put myself out that's there. true so it's yeah you know if if, if i fail horribly I, at least i'm failing boldly you know <laughs> indeed as cheesy as that is yeah um i'd rather um i don't know we'll see how it all ends up we will indeed yeah uh what was the other thing that i wanted to say oh i was cu- i was i'm curious if you will perhaps volunteer some insider information have you guys like been coming up with themes for shows literally um me and karina still have to talk about it so okay not yet i've got like one or two ideas um and it's it's gonna be six shows a semester right um this is a spoiler alert um some of the shows because apparently um admissions wants to uh, <laughs> um, have preview nights on, or a couple of different preview nights a semester on Thursday nights. Right. There's going to be a couple 1107s within the year that will happen on Thursday nights. What? It's because admissions buys out the whole thing. Right. I get that. So, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it's it's something that, you know, it's just, I got told, and that's the way it is. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, okay. Um... But, you know, um, of course, some of the themes are going to have to relate to the show's upcoming next year being A Game of Love and Chance. Yeah. And Upside Down Christmas and Anna Green Gables. Yeah. Um, but other than that, and of course, the senior show being at the end of the year. Other yeah. than that, there's nothing that's 
specifically yeah um likes to be anything you have like a couple of the like kind of themed holiday ones yeah like like upside down christmas just covers the christmas yeah (laughs) you've already got a christmas it's funny because there's still an 1107 that happens after that one which is closer you can that can be that can be the exam break one yeah yeah so we'll you know i'll talk to karina Um, although one that i've really wanted to happen ever since first year and again i have to talk to karina and we have to sort it out for sure but just one theme or at least a name for one night at 1107 However it ends up being, I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. But I've always just wanted there to be unleavened 07. <laughs> that has something to, <laughs> something to do with, like, pita bread. You can do a Hanukkah show. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can work with that. Um, where it's just like, you know, maybe we serve pita in the lobby or something. I don't Why know. Why not? <laughs> um, but just there's having, always, like, yeah. there's always, like, freaking, like like the like show names that people just like have been <laughs> sitting on oh, yeah. for years i've been sitting on that one for like for uh, as long as i can remember from being in 1107 like i remember andrew had the one where he was like I, can we name one of them 1107 course meal <laughs> that's funny right i might steal that yeah but, you know i'm yeah karina yeah no or, or maybe or maybe he was so. the one that, that made the heads 1107 swans of swimming i don't know i have no idea <laughs> i you see that was one of the things about last year is that i had you know since i came in like all the themes were already decided yeah so um um now this year it's like okay <laughs> 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 so cook up yourselves some themes some good some good some good themes yeah um but yeah um as as of yet, they have yet to be uh, yet to be confirmed, and yet to be uh, even conceived of in my mind. Yeah. So, so that's that that's what you get for the 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 tease. The yeah. Tease. I mean, usually, especially with like, with the with the show ones, you just kind of have to yeah kind of have to come up with some sort of weird modification of yeah, the show exactly. title, and then yeah. Are you, this is going to be another year of trying to decide whether we want to do an improv musical. I mean, because there's a musical this year, I feel like there's an expectation. But if it's at all possible, I'm going to, like, you know, try and veto that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it just doesn't, you know. You have to be specifically working on musical improv. Yeah, which is which has never been something that we've really spent a whole lot of time. Actually, there was one year when there was one year when I know that uh, the cast of the improv musical that year actually like kind of like did a few like extra practices. Mm -hmm. Um, That was I think that was the same year that we started doing Thursday workshops. Um, mm-hmm. and I remember, he, I remember that happening because I was really sad that I wasn't in the musical and I walked by the music building and heard them all practicing in there and had yeah. some serious FOMO. Oh, rip. See, having done the one 1107 musical that I did do, Yeah, it's like, I don't there's nothing worse than like 
being in a scene, and then all of a sudden, a song that you barely know the tune oh, yes. comes on. Oh yes. Oh yes. Because like. <laughs> The only thing, Which, the only part of the song that I knew of Mamma Mia was the chorus, and yes. then it starts playing right in the middle of me talking. I'm like, I do not know how this song the goes, the other than the hook. The entire audience is like, "Oh, that's fear." Yeah. So it just, it just like you know, it's 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 kind of not what 1107's about, I guess. Doing musical improv, it could be, but yeah, I think 1107's a bit more like. You just, you know, you just do, uh, you know, improv as, like, a university group instead yeah. of, like, improv as, like, um, something that's, like, <laughs> something that would require the amount of practice you need to do to be musical improv. Yeah. To do musical improv. Yeah. It's a s- very specific skill that... Mm-hmm requires more than just knowing how to improvise yeah so like if 1107 was organized in a way that um uh was like i don't know like courses i guess where you're doing like yeah each year you're going up in 1107 like yeah uh 101 201 301 401 yeah but the way it's done is that every year you're kind of first semester you're teaching um, the basics to all of the new people as well as refreshing them for all of the people who've been doing it for years and then second semester you're working on what people want to work on yeah um, and that's sort of just the way that it, um, that it goes every year yeah um, if we were building on uh, like you know really doing something differently um, then it would be feasible but I don't think it is as it's yeah <laughs> I yeah I don't know how I would feel about like, if Trinity were to get, like, an actual, like, improv program yeah, into no. the theater department. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, like, you know, like, that was just me coming up with that off the top of my head, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I prefer, I guess, 1107 as is. Yeah. Because um, it just, we, there's, there's one, not enough people, and two, not enough time. Yeah. Um, to, like, you know, do something yeah. like that. Yeah. So... Yeah. Like, if it was, like, an improv troupe that was the same people for years, a la, mm. like, Panic Squad. Yeah. Then, you know, that's that's something where you you work towards that sort of thing and you do yeah. that sort of thing. Um, but 1107 is constantly changing. There's always different people. Yeah. There's always new people who are brand new to improv who you have to teach. Yeah. Um, and then there's people that just, you know, you're the most experienced people that you've ever had, they're always gone. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're leaving and they're out of there. Yeah. Um, so... It's just not, you know, the way 1107 needs to be. Yeah. 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 It's a weird, it's a weird beast that we've been mm-hmm. doing it in. Yeah. So. It's like, you know, 1107's, I think, for me, it's one of the most important things that I've um, done. Absolutely. At Trinity. I've said it, I've said it so many, th- so many times, but there have been so many times where I felt like, I've learned more from 1107 about, you know, <laughs> doing doing stuff in the real world yeah, than being, I... Being a human in time and space. Yeah, than I have in, like, actual... In so, the actual theater program. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not to say that I haven't learned anything in the yeah, theater no, no, program. No, no. But just that, like... doing is really important. Doing 1107, yeah. well, especially now that we're doing off-campus mm-hmm. stuff, 
is like you're learning how to like kind of how to advertise yourself and how to present yourself to you know a, ver a wide variety of audiences whether it's you know a women's church conference or a or a children's theater group yeah. children's theater group we've done a i mean we've done a lot of churches uh <laughs> which is mostly because they're like oh hey it's that it's an improv group from trinity western yeah exactly. they'll be funny and clean yeah so uh you know it's kind of the demographic i guess but like, yeah um even the ubc improv battle like that's uh um that, it's a really good learning experience it is and i've only ever i've never been in one <laughs> and i'm I've so been in shows. i'm so glad that i've been able to be a part of that because the fictionals is like one of the biggest mm -hmm. improv companies like in vancouver yeah and so to be able to like have that connection with with daniel chai is a really good thing to have like kind of shifting shifting out of the university improv scene into trying to get into some actual vancouver improv yeah yeah no that is good so yeah um i think uh i think we'll call that an episode yeah We've at, we, we're at a solid we talked for just slightly more than joel oh hey what do you know <laughs> That's that's a high score to be. Yeah, we, we, we've, <laughs> set a new, we've set a new high score. Yeah. Yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming in and sitting on my cajon in my bedroom oh. while we talk about about stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been so much of a pleasure. Um, Thank you guys very much for, for I almost said for watching, but there's no visual <laughs> component. Uh, thank you very much for, for listening. Um, if you haven't already listened to my first episode, I uh, had a really great talk with Joel Waminga about historical interpretation acting and also more improv and comedy of errors and stuff like that it's a great time um and uh i'll be letting you all know uh when the next episode is coming out on my social medias um particularly my instagram which is at tall lanky guy 96 and i think my twitter is just at connor.teason pretty sure yeah <laughs> yeah so thank you for listening and we'll see you next class